0: Hello folks, this is Gene Mims of the 204060 podcast. We are so excited to be with you today, uh, releasing this on, on Mother's Day week. Oh my goodness, Mother's Day. And so I'm just going to ask these guys, what are their favorite memories of their mom? So Trevor, why don't you, you fire off Miss Rachel Good? What's I your favorite memory? I
1: love my mom. My mom has, I have so many favorite memories of my mom, but uh, I guess... Mine's not necessarily a memory, but all of them kind of combine, especially when my dad was very mad at me or I had done something or I needed help on anything. And uh my mom will always fight for me. My mom fights for me, uh, twenty four seven and uh and I'm not going to say I'm the favorite, but it just feels that way when, you know, and uh, so, yeah, so I love thank, my mom. Thank you for not she's saying because we know who is. <laughs> she's my lawyer. Uh, she'll She's always got my back. So my That's mom, cool. my lawyer. All right.
2: Jeff? I'm a big fat mama's boy. Not ashamed to admit it. Uh, always have been. Love my mom. Always will be. Always will be. And uh, I just always, I always think about uh, how when I was in college, I still have boxes of these stuffed up in the attic. Uh, my mom wrote me almost every day a letter. Uh, now we would talk on the phone and negate whatever had been written in the letter because we talk every day too. You know uh, when I was in school, but she was always in communication with me. I was never out on a limb. So appreciate you, mom.
0: All right. Well, my mother was a character. She really was. And uh, I tell people we wrestled till she was 55 and arthritis got her. And uh, we couldn't wrestle anymore, but uh, my mother was just fun-loving and uh she she was uh, sort of the the I love Lucy Lucy person. You know, stuff just happened to her that was just crazy. And one of my favorite memories is uh she was mad at my my dad because he wouldn't buy a Christmas tree, so we went out in the woods and we cut one. And it was ugly and whatever. And so we decorated that night, and it fell on her. she was in there trying to uh, adjust the you know the ornaments and whatever else, and the whole tree fell on her and so we we rush in there. course, my daddy's sleeping like a log, he doesn't hear it, but I hear this boom, and it's, it's about eleven thirty at night, and I run in and all all you can see is two legs sticking out from under the tree. oh, she's red hot mad. she threw the tree out in the yard, and of course, the next day we went and bought a tree and uh, but that was that was one of the greatest memories just to just, she was always involved in something that was messed up. And it was hilarious. He just, she, you, you couldn't help uh, laughing. You laughed a lot around uh, my mom. Well, we're talking about generations here and, uh, uh, and the importance of generations. How important is it to pursue relationships, uh, with other generations? I'm going to start with, uh, Trevor on that because he's the youngest. And, uh, uh, what about, what about you, Trevor? What about, pursuing uh other generation. What value is it uh, or is it a value? Does it matter uh that that you have uh relationships or at least acquaintances in another generation? What do you think about that?
1: Well yeah, as a as a twenty 20- Year old, I think it's most important because that's how you're going to get free golf. That's how you're going to get a good meal. Man, there that's you how... go. <laughs> it's all about me, as usual. It's huh? all well, about. So me. So, what's surprising <laughs> about that answer? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so let me just nothing. state that that's one reason I hate the twenty. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. well, well, I just thought I, I would start money, this one I'll off strong. Have yeah, I just exactly. wanted
1: to start this one off really strong. Yeah, thank you for that, and uh, and help us all get in a real good mood. But seriously, uh, been there, they've done that. And I'd like to know how to do it well. I'd like to know how to do life well, um, to live um,
0: Who, who are some of the people, uh, you don't have to call their names or you can, but who are some of the people, 40s, 50s, 60s, or older uh, in generations? Like, I'm thinking about your grandfather, right, uh, Charles. But who, who are some of the people that right now you say, boy, I, you know, I need and, and enjoy and covet this relationship?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got I have two guys that just come to my mind immediately that aren't related to me at all. I would say that Greg Fuson, he goes to Judson Baptist Church. Um, he serves um, in every capacity, men's ministry in uh, missions. He serves at college. He's, is it him and his wife, Miss Dee Dee? They're all they're at every uh, college event we have. They look forward to Monday nights. They invite their college friends like their college like uh their friends college students excuse me and to come to my local and they bring them uh they're always around and and so i'm always trying to uh just hear what he has to say he always he's investing in my life and i'm trying to invest in his i just don't know how um and so we're just always kind of there together and and he always encourages me and and he's always uh open to go get coffee or hang or Go do something and uh hopefully he can teach me to fly fish one day. I'm the worst fly fisherman of all time. Never caught a fish. (laughs) It's impossible. (laughs) So him, uh Greg Fusan and then uh Dwight Bass, Mm. he uh he kind of was the first guy to really walk with me through uh through scripture, through journey that was really older. He's a lot older than me and but he doesn't act necessarily that much older than me. And so uh we just kind of are on the journey, as he would say together. He's kind of taught me how to uh to really, uh, walk with the Lord. So just those two men in my life have been just really massive for mm-hmm. me. Um, so yeah. What
0: about you, Jeff? Uh, you're in your forties, so you have up and down relationships, older and younger.
2: Yeah. And I, I think for me, the older was really instilled in my life from you and mom as a child that there was value in being around the senior adults that were in our church. And I, I feel like I was always comfortable to interact with senior adults, even as a child, that that was that wasn't a big deal for me. wasn't put off by it. Uh, and when you talk about some of those that have meant, you know, just just the most to me, they would be folks in, uh, you know, your generation and and now and and beyond. Uh, certainly, both of my grandfathers having having been instrumental in my life and now uh, passed on. But then I think about uh, just some some people in church life. Who were older than me that took an interest in me? Bobby Welch being one of them uh, took a great interest in me and uh, spent a lot of time with me. I remember living with him for a week one summer before we tried. That was kind of like a tryout, and then I went back the next summer and lived with him for a summer working at his church. And I I remember somebody in his church saying, "You spent more time with Brother Bobby in a week <laughs> than I've spent with him in the years that I've been here." You know, and that, that but that that it wasn't lost on me how special that was. I think about uh, the our own Tennessee Baptist President Randy Davis, or Tennessee Mission Board, I should say. We've had a name change. Uh, I want to get that right, but Randy Davis spent a lot of time uh, with me, and and just how 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 grateful I was for that. And uh, a lady who was instrumental in my life when I was in college, named Mary B. Reese, uh, at our church, who just took a a great liking to me. And then when you think about the younger. You know, just how how you need all of that to inform your life because we were in even in staff meeting the other day, and Trevor said, you know, we need to think about doing this, and it was something that, I mean, I'd never even heard of. It wasn't on my radar. Wouldn't be on my radar if he if he doesn't bring it up. Uh, And and I think about a lot of those young folks that have come through our ministry who are now in ministry. Uh, I think about you know elizabeth Lynham and what what that relationship to Judson was, and how when she was a college student she informed so much of what we did charity rice, some of those folks who were who are still here uh, in ministry with us
0: well, I think in my life uh, it 's been uh, uh people uh, uh you know, ahead of the game, and some layman, Jack Caldwell, of course, mm-hmm. Rand Hall. Rand Hall was just the encourager. Just you know, whatever I did, whatever I did, and whenever I messed up, they were always like, "Hey, this is great. You're you're fine. Don't worry about it." Jack was a a guy that always challenged me. We we would argue a lot. It, it, we both like to argue, and so we'd take a topic and argue. And he'd make me think. You know, like was,
2: health, like, like healthy argument, or <laughs> mad at each other? No, no, you? healthy, okay. absolutely healthy.
0: Yeah. I know we couldn't get mad at each other because it, it, that would that would have been impossible. But I watched him. I wa- you know he was 15 years older, so I watched how he was married. I watched how he did with his kids. I watched how unique uh, he was. Barbara Ann was a big, huge influence. She's still alive. Jack's dead, but huge influence in my life. Then mentors like Tommy Lee and mm-hmm. and then friends uh, like Bruce Wilkinson. You know he was such a good friend. Uh, and a good guy to challenge you, and, you know, whatever else. And now with the younger generation, most of my contacts uh, are with uh, you know Trevor's crowd, uh, Trevor and Jared. But the, the kids in college, and they mm-hmm. come over to the house, and you know, and we have meals together, and just listening to them talk, and you know what they, you know what they're what they're feeling and talking about. And even as I look at Trevor this morning, he's got a Guns N' Roses shirt on. I thought they were all dead. And, and Trevor's gone. <laughs> can I come back? You've you gone retro. You well, know? yeah, you know, it's in. You, you have absolutely gone retro. So that just means that music and rock today is shot if you have to use people that are 80 years old uh, jumping around on stage. <laughs> Guns N' Roses, what? But you know, I. Uh, it's amazing that he's got this shirt on. I thought, I literally, I thought they were dead. Well, especially because I think, I
2: think, if I'm correct, no. th- that you would have been about two or three years oh. old when the Use Your Illusion album came out. So,
0: wow! Did you get that shirt free?
1: I was one year old. Actually, it was nine. I was born in nine. Just it make it that clear. It was I was born shirt, in a free 90.
0: one? Freebie. I don't. Honestly, probably not. Probably not. Honestly, I buy everything that I get. No. I buy everything. Hey, some, se- some senior adult gave it to me. Yeah, I heard that from that the beginning of the podcast. Some <laughs> old rocker. Definitely. Yeah. Really some old, old long haired sixty-year-old rocker is giving him that shirt. Old. No, these the pursuit of these relationships are good. And if you can't have relationships, one thing I just enjoy is conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really do. I just like to get in conversations and ask why uh, to these, to especially younger people. Why do you do this? Why are you listening to this? Uh, what, you know, what, you know, what are you thinking? Where are you going? Why did you do this? It's so much fun to, uh, to listen to them. And it's scary because their perspective is, you know, so in, you know, it's so incredibly, uh, uh, uh different. Now we, we're at Judson Baptist church. How how would you describe our church? Is it multigenerational uh, multi-generational and is that good or not good?
1: I would say it's for sure. Multi-generational, uh, Jack Oliver um our our uh, children's pastor he crushes children's ministry. We have a very Oh uh, for large those of you who are my age, that means it's good. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> it is massive. It's good. It is wonderful. <laughs> he does a great job. <laughs> but it's I mean like so if you've got that and and just and then the old an older generation there's so much in between there's parents there 's uh, We have a great youth ministry, just
2: took our largest ministry. senior adult, yeah um, Pastor Joe just took our largest senior adult retreat, Yes, yeah, so we really had. care
1: about senior adults as well, so oh, like it 's pretty obvious all the time, just based on like our schedule and what we have going on, and what we talk about
2: I, I want to ask a question about that to to you guys because it it seems to me that one of the funny things about church is, and of course we believe convictionally that church should be multigenerational. Unless there's a, you know, a reason that there's not a, a generation around that. I mean, we 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 believe that together, that that's an important tenet of who we are. Does it feel like sometimes the church is really set up for people in the middle generation, and that the people on the on the younger generation, the older generation, it's it's really maybe not set up for them when it's healthy because the older generation has kind of come through that, and the younger generation's coming into it. And they can feel both of those generations can feel like like I know our younger generation might say oh, I wish I wish we would sing newer songs and our older generation wish we'd sing the hymn and it's really how do you how do you balance that um, that tension if you're in a multi generational church?
1: Well, Scripture says sing unto me a new song, so I'm just going to go with that <laughs> one. Oh, wow. just... so, so you're wearing an old shirt. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's right. You're wearing a <laughs>
0: yeah. Guns N' Roses shirt. Thank you shirt. for that. I'm not listening
1: to the music. I'm just saying. I'm just. <laughs> It doesn't talk about clothing necessarily.
0: It's amazing that you would listen to these uh, old rockers, but I you don't. won't sing "How Great Thou Art" at church. You know, you just feel like you have to. have new well, music We can sing it church. in a so new that, way. That, that was a hymn. Yeah. I don't know if you knew what
2: that was. <laughs> That's, right. That's a hymn. I right could there sing Lottie it now Moon. if
1: we wanted me to.
0: Well, I you know I think uh, about that every every study on a religious study will tell you this. This has been true for thirty years. That church is more important to a guy and a gal with a family. Mm-hmm because they, they they sense that they need help they want their children to be there to be grounded in it than than it is to the 20 year old or to the single young single adult and then the the older senior adult they already have their network and so a lot of what goes on in church is is uh is not relevant to them although they they support it and are 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 you know are keen on it cool with it but they don't have children they don't have you know, they're not worried about their children. Usually, their grandchildren may or may not go to, you know, go to church, you know, with them or something mm-hmm. like that. Not live near them, or whatever. So that that middle cut of what you just said of of uh, the thirty year old to the fifty year old with a with a with a, a child or a young person uh, in church is extremely important, uh, and most churches, you know, focus on that so that they can uh, minister to the needs of those folks. I,
2: I would just say that when you're talking about multi-generational church, if there's not intentionality on the on the far ends of the spectrum to cross to where each other exists, it doesn't work. And I'm specifically thinking about how, in our own lives, Mrs. Margaret Kimbrough has been so intentional as one of our senior adult ladies to be involved in all the things that our young adult ladies are doing. And then I think about some of our youngest members uh, when when I think about uh, the ministry that Caleb and Anna Edwards have, because they bring Miss Betty Jacobs, one of our our oldest members, every week, intentionality in that, and the the bridge that that creates.
0: I think when I think when you're doing a multi generational church, uh, there's also often a tendency for somebody to say, or if you're trying to do this, let's say. I don't think it works, but if you're trying to do this, I think a lot of people say, well, we need to give the young people leadership and you know, we don't need to forget the old people. And well, what That's not exactly true. What you need is if you have a young person who can lead, great, let them lead. Right. What you need is their perspective. You absolutely need to know where life is going because that's where life is going, whether you like it or not. What you need is the perspective of, of an older person, the wisdom. One thing about older people, and I know this about me as I get older, it's not that I'm more tolerant. I'm just more understanding that hey, this what really was a hot button for me when I was thirty years old a, a do or a don't or or absolute that we have to do this or you know we're going to die probably isn't true. You get a perspective in life to say nah, that's not quite as important, and so you get this good balance. You get the exuberance, you know, of where life is going in the future, and you get the wisdom and, and sort of a calmness uh, our, our, our senior adults don't get too rattled here. No. You know, if something pops up or whatever, they're, they're right in there with us. Uh, they're calm, they're supportive, uh, they're whatever, but that's not always, uh, 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 easy to do. But what, what does from your perspective, you all, your, your, both of your perspective. What, what does a 20, 30, 40 year old, uh, your generation have to offer uh, to a multi-generational church? just from your you know i've shared my perspective but what's your perspective on that i would say that
1: uh that ours is exactly what you said you know where culture is going where it is um but to to even take it a step further i would say that most church most churches we want to get people uh in a relationship with jesus first and then we want to get people get other people in relationship with jesus like because that's the journey so get people on the journey together um and so if we want to get uh the younger generation um my generation 20s and younger than me um in a relationship with jesus we want to see them come to know him we want to see their life change we want to see them get excited for who he really is and what he wants to do in their life we have to know and help know how we can make jesus relevant to them because he is uh, we have to be uh we have to show how he's relevant to them, you know because we don't have to change anything we don't have to change the gospel we don't have to change what we're doing, we just have to talk about it in a different way so if we can get a perspective, we can give relevancy, then we can say, okay, wow, like okay, so this is what your need is. well, your solution is always jesus mm-hmm. here's how he can fit into this problem that you're having because Jesus is relevant um to a twenty year old because they're looking for a future, um, so they need hope. They, they have, we, we don't have a lot of hope in our 20s right now. Um, anxious, struggling, going through a lot. Um, Jesus is relevant now for you, so you can have hope for tomorrow and be really excited about it. Everyone in their 20s is looking for happiness. Well, Jesus wants to give you more than happiness, and it's a joy that lasts through any situation. And, um, and so like it's through those types of things, and those are just a few, um, how is Jesus relevant to a 20-year-old? Um, then Jesus is relevant to culture. Then we can begin to change culture. So if we can know where the 20s are, we can know where culture is. We can know how to speak into their lives,
2: speak into the really the world.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, I think if if uh, if you don't have the influence of younger people in your church, and if you exclude that, you have essentially said that your church maybe has a 20 year window and it's done. There 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 won't. There won't be anything left to sustain it, and so if if you're not willing to, it, it's a fun it's a funny thing to me I guess because in in some churches you hear the stories about how we've planted this church and there's no senior adults, and I I can't think of anything uh, good that necessarily comes out of that because what you just said, Gene, uh, is that you need the life the, the the senior adults have had enough cycles in life and elections and wars and rumors of wars to be able to to kind of steer a course through that and so if you're missing that the i guess would it be to correct say the inverse of that is true as well that you hear stories of churches where the senior adults have locked down and controlled everything to be what you know that that old adage well we've never done it that way before and that's the only reason why we don't do it what what the young people are saying that's the only and and i can't think of anything good that comes out of that it, it has to be you have you have to have a mutual respect that allows some people to be on the journey together and i was i was in a meeting with one of our senior adults not long ago and uh and she she said something that i didn't expect her to say i know her pretty well and she and and not that i didn't think that this was part of her character but i mean, it was just it just took me off guard she said brother jeff it is time for the senior adults to step aside and move to service because we've had our time where we have shaped some things, and now it's our time to support these young families that are coming in. And I know in our church, we don't make it without our senior adults doing that. Our vacation Bible schools will be coming up, and if we don't have senior adults, we, we don't have a VBS. Yeah. If we don't have our senior adults, we, we don't have anybody uh, serving in in the, the, the big events that we do, our youth events. They're the ones that serve and do everything behind the scenes for those. So you've you got to have both.
0: I think that um, I think that is one of the uh, things that leaders have to do. This doesn't happen naturally uh, for anybody. It doesn't happen in a church naturally. I think it's one thing that younger people don't understand. I think it's something that older people don't understand because they don't really understand their life stage. Uh, you know, if you have a kid, whatever you're trying to get all the help you can, trying to do what you can, but uh, you don't have that life stage. Trevor, what are you doing over there? I mean, can you just join us, please? If it don't matter, you know. Tre- See, this is the problem we have with these uh, young people today. Trevor's over there getting the ball scores on his uh, on his uh, phone over there. He's texting and whatever else. He's just totally disengaged. I'm on airplane mode. I was taking notes. on what you guys just so, saying? Just solely, to- just solely, uh, totally, totally. Uh, just you know, just he uh, just can't handle it, can he? No, it takes leadership. <laughs> it takes leadership to do this, and it's very difficult when it's not happening to convince people that it must happen.
2: Do you think that that has to focus in? I mean, that that has to, you have to have a catalyst within that ministry to to make that happen or you, can the leader, can the leader accomplish that without well, the catalyst? You know,
0: sometimes you can accomplish it. That's one of the problems. You can talk about it all you want to, mm. uh, but people will buck you on it. And uh, if you don't have, if the leader doesn't have the, the status, mm. uh, the position power, are the uh, uh, the trust, which is the most important one, of the people he's talking to. Uh, they're not going to hire a college pastor. They're not going to. They're not going to bring you. But you know, when people show up, you got to deal with them. So mm-hmm. one that that that's one thing that's. I think it's probably been hard harder for Trevor to understand than our senior adults to understand. You get these young people here, then our people notice what they notice. They support. They enjoy they need, you know, so just their presence alone, whether they do anything or not. It brings,
2: just, it brings legitimacy to what it, you're saying it is, absolutely is going does. on.
0: But it's, but it's still hard as a leader to say, we're going to be multi-generational. It's so hard that most leaders don't do it. Frankly, they just, they just punt. And if you're young, you just go get young people. If you're middle-aged, you just get middle-aged people. If you're older, you just, you know, you, you stay in a church with, uh, with senior adults. But Honestly, what you said about, you know, the older generation, if they don't, uh, reproduce themselves, maybe going out of business in 20 years, that's true of a 20 year old too, Mm -hmm. because when their kids grow up, uh, just like Trevor's different from us, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know your your children don't want what you want.
2: <laughs> Lundy's going to think his Guns and Roses yeah. shirt was out of stock. I can hear it now, Dad. I can't believe you wore that. Yali, it wasn't cool. The yali, styles going to change. With uh, but I yeah. think I think what's funny it it is true because the, the we're already seen, we're already seeing the shift because even in in churches that uh, ten years ago you would have said were cutting edge now they're not. Yeah. something else comes long. along and replaces that and makes it. It's very hard to remain cutting edge. Doing life together. Something comes along.
0: Doing life together sounds nice. Very difficult. Yeah. Tension in your own family. How do you uh, imagine that you, say Trevor, let's start with Trevor. How do you imagine that in your 20s you could, uh, first of all, engage a, say, let's say, 60 to 80-year-old person, give them perspective of life and ministry like we've been talking about right here, and have them come away with an appreciation uh, of what you say. I think they would come away with an appreciation of who you are because you spent time with them. But what you just said about all this twenty and what you're thinking and whatever how how do you how do you imagine? And I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm asking the question. How do you imagine if that was your strategy? I'm going to get with some sixty to eighty year old people, give them the perspective that I have in my ministry about the people we meaning our church is serving uh, how would you do that what would you say well
1: uh i was just actually thinking about something along the lines of this uh yesterday and uh <laughs> what if um we 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 loved people enough or thought about people enough to to release almost their purpose um in our purpose what i'm saying is um in a moment where we I have a conversation. Uh I can help somebody find purpose. I can help somebody unlock almost their potential because I don't think we ever really lose potential. There's always we're always gaining more potential for for new things, for greater things, for for more because there's always so much more out there that we can do and be involved in. If I'm going to be talking to uh, a senior um a senior adult and I'm I'm going to be talking to them uh, I'm not going to necessarily be telling them anything that they probably haven't already heard unless it's about my culture, my generation or whatever. But I'm going to be try and ask them questions and l- allow them to find purpose in speaking into my life. And uh, and a good conversation is reciprocated, right, um, self-disclosure. like So then we can almost have – we can begin to have a good conversation, and I can help them – um, see their purpose, guide them to a position of where they're like, "Wow, this is really good. I was able to help Trevor. I can help the next generation. The next generation wants to hear from me, and uh, and just going from there, I can I can begin to unlock and show them that their purpose, and be like, Hey, there's some people that would really love to hear what you're saying. Would you like to serve in a group with them? Would you like to lead a group with them? Would you like to walk the journey with some younger adults? And maybe that that may not happen in the in the first conversation we have, but if that's the goal, right? If that's the goal of our conversation—to get them leading out more, to get them excited about a multi-generational church—then they can find a lot of purpose. And because uh, I think our we, our lives really want to, ma- we want we really want our lives to matter long term, um, continually, not just like it, uh, for a season. You, so you, this could really help. You bring be up helpful.
0: something very interesting here. I think if you ask most people in their twenties. To help you do something in church you you probably won't get much help if you ask most senior adults to help you, you probably will. They have time, they have maybe resources they they have an interest a twenty year old is you know they don't have any time they're just they're running as hard as by they the go. wind yeah, really. If you ask a forty year old to do that, <clears throat> first of all, you'd be reluctant to because they're just they're so busy with kids and careers and and whatever else, you'd have to really carve out a specific thing in a specific time uh, because the commitment of any kind of time is a premium. And uh, many people give you money when they won't give you time because time is more important than money. And so I just thought about how difficult it is to get uh, a 20-year-old engaged in something if you say, help me, versus we're going to help you find that purpose or help you in school or you know, or you know whatever else there's not any quid pro quo here. there's not any "I'll help you, you help me uh generationally and that makes it that makes it pretty difficult uh to do, and a lot of senior adults won't help because they are infirm or they, you know they they don't think they can or whatever so
2: I think Trevor hit the uh nail on the head for both the outlier generations and the middle generation too when he said this this kind of key phrase of asking questions most conversations are one sided because people are just talking about themselves mm. and so if i'm a senior adult i'm dismissive of everything he he does because i know it all that that may be my perspective and if i would just if i would just take a second and ask him a question i might find out about his life and his experiences and find out that it informs mine and then vice versa if i'm 20 instead of talking about myself all the time asking some questions of the people that i'm around and then really listening it's amazing what kind of, I think. I think he hit it. That's, that's the trust builder right yeah, there you, know
0: what, you know what? You know, I just triggered my mind an experience I had with one of our members, Gene uh, Quick. Uh, I, I didn't know her. And I was over at a luncheon one day at, at somebody's house. It was a Christmas luncheon. We were talking. So I was just talking to her. This this conversation thing again. And I said, You know what? what you know, I'm a retired teacher. Uh, yeah, really? Well, what did you teach? Well, I taught Latin. Wow, you know, you would you wouldn't expect that, you know, and I I just sort of that was that was so I don't know, different. And then about a month after that, uh somebody said uh, to me said, uh, "We have this homeschool cooperative and uh, boy, we need we need some teachers because some of us can't teach some things like mathematics or whatever and just as a side said so like some of these foreign languages, you know, like French or German or something like this, or even Latin." And boy, it just triggered I, I, I said that to Jean, got this person to contact her, and she taught like four more years post retirement Latin. I just visited Jean and Tom in their home. Tom's uh, really in failing health. But she talked about that. She talked about how much fun that was. I think if I would have just said, uh, hey, help me, you know, that might have been a different conversation than listening. Mm-hmm. And kind of that was one of the many things I learned about her that day. Mm-hmm. And it was so, so good to see that happen. That she actually had a ministry beyond, you know, just a, a teaching or whatever. Well, it's almost time to to quit. Hi, I have a question. How, how much coffee have you had today, Trevor? I've had About uh, four shots of espresso. You're wild today. You're over there I wild
1: I am I'm sorry I had a daredevil
2: <laughs> <laughs> What is that? I don't know Some Ethiopian <laughs> coffee a, he, the He's, he's a jumping bean over here I Folks know, I'm you don't sorry. know What
0: I've had to put up with today <laughs> All the machinations yeah. is, is that a
2: real drink? Uh, yeah. A daredevil yeah, I've uh, never heard of that. it It is a shot waver. of espresso.
0: It's did you have to sign a waiver? Like if I die My heart gets to racing Sign my If you're listening Barista
2: Parlor He's available for sponsorship Exactly You're listening Dunkin Donuts that's what day. I drink. He's
0: got that Guns N' Roses outfit on. He's got this daredevil Ethiopian. Don't, daredevil don't overlook my
1: white jeans and my new boots. Well, you know I didn't what I'm saying? I'm not looking under the table at <laughs> what you're wearing. Uh, oh my goodness! Men, don't do
0: that. Oh, and, uh, you do so, it every no, Thursday. I, I, don't, I really oh don't do that. Goodness. So here it is. And uh, you know, Jeff's got an appointment. He's pushing us because he's got He's the pastor. He's got to go meet somebody. I'm just available. I, I'm a man that's available <laughs> to the masses right now. He's I'm, fat right now, right? So Maybe available. you need to go on my appointment Faithful, with me. Faithful, yeah. available, teachable. No, I don't want to see anybody today. I'm, Faithful, I've got a lot of stuff to do. And, and whatever. Hey, this has been fun. Uh, multi-generational uh, dialogue, interaction, relationships are so valuable, but they're not easy to do. They're really not easy to do. You have to kind of step aside from yourself. That's what I've learned. Mm. And just say, I'm going to pursue that. What did you learn here? I learned Ethiopian. that, uh, Daredevil. <laughs> or I learned
1: that luncheon is a word that we can still use when we go to other people's houses and it's not just lunch. So, uh, that's what I learned. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> really <great>. I, uh, <laughs> I, I learned, it's <laughs> been a big weep for you too. <laughs> no, I know. Luncheon. Yeah. I've learned a lot There's of new words. words. Oh wow. So, uh, no, seriously though, uh, I learned this and it was just a cool thought, uh, that Gene was kind of the, both of you guys really took me on is that, uh, Allow God not to just use you in your own generation, but allow Him to use you to to go to to uh, to go through all generations. Um, yeah. And so, like in conversations, in in uh, luncheons, <laughs> in hangouts, what, whatever we're doing. At least we didn't say outfits. church or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And uh, allow God to use you through all generations.
2: I'm going to go with uh, this, is that if if you don't uh, know someone in the generations that you're not in, uh, you're messed up. Come on. Y- you need to know somebody. If you're in the middle, below and above. If you're in above, the two above. I mean, if you're in the above generations, the two below. Vice versa, if you're in the below, the what two above. What the world are you talking Don't about? Don't worry about good, it. Hey, man. just know
0: people. Know yeah, people, baby. If so you're 20, confused. know somebody 40 and 60. If you're yeah, 60, yeah. know somebody 40 well, and 20. That's a little clearer than what you Sorry. said there. Well, I'm going back to uh, just the fact, get, aside, get out of yourself and go uh, meet somebody, know somebody, learn from somebody who's not your age. And um, I like that. All right, we're signing off, Mr. Ethiopian uh, Big Shot, Fat Shot. Or what, what is that, What it was?
1: It's just an espresso. It's well, just a well, drink. Well,
0: daredevil. Expresso. Folks, go out and get you one today. Get a Daredevil. Hey, Gene's
1: available for everyone out there. You'll that be awake know for two
0: weeks, I guarantee you, because this boy, he's not even sitting in his Jean. chair. He's NIMS levitating. NIMS at
1: judsonbaptist.com. <laughs> it's
0: been fun to be with you. We'll see you the next time. God bless you. 204060podcast.com. I invite your friends to have fun with us.